All right. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Grace Community Church Wednesday night service. Uh, thank you all for being here. If you're here in, in person, I'm glad you came. It really encouraged me to see you all. And uh, if you're watching online, thank you for tuning in. And if it's your first time watching, my name is Wade, and we're glad to have you. Like I said, sorry for the late start. We got held over in a meeting. But uh, let me pray for us, and we'll get right into tonight's message. Father, thank you for the message you gave me for tonight. And Lord, I just pray for every single one of us that you would open our hearts and minds to hear what you're saying to us individually, Lord and as a group. And Father, I pray that you'll help us not just hear what you're saying, but remember it and meditate on it and actually apply it to our lives, God, and uh, do the things you ask us to do. And we'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, well, if you were here last week, we kind of dove into the word fellowship and what that really means. You know, I went over the some of the definition of it with you, you know, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about it, but it actually means to partnership with God, to share Christ with other people, uh, to distribute Christ as a church. And if you missed that message, like I said, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about it. But if you did miss it, I hope you would check it out. You can find it on uh, Facebook or YouTube or podcast. But it really explains, gives you a better understanding of what fellowship really means and how it's related to the church and to Jesus and to everybody in our lives, really, not just the church, but uh, and how we live our lives in fellowship with God. So if you didn't uh, hear that message last week, I hope you do check it out. But uh, I had a whole different message for this week, but last night God changed my whole direction on this message. So we'll do this week's message next week. God, God gave me something else to share tonight. Uh, like I said, I was going a, a whole different direction, but uh, God's been showing me stuff all week long, and it, it was just the same thing over and over and over. He kept bringing it right up in front of me where I couldn't ignore it, so I finally, I'm a little bit slow, but I finally got the point that that's what he wanted me to, to preach on this week. And uh, this one verse, there's like four different places I've been this week, and this verse just kept popping up. In uh, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, it says, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And that verse just kept coming back over and over and over all week long. And uh, that got me thinking, you know, Jesus is coming back, but we don't know when he's coming back. You know, it may be in our lifetime. We did a message here just a while back. You know, every generation since Christ thought, they were the one, and we do too, but we know we're closer than they were, and we've got more signs than they had. But he may be coming in our lifetime, and he may not be coming in our lifetime. But it is for certain that he is coming back. And uh, like I said, we know it's closer now than it ever has been. So that verse really got my attention this week. It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So, you know, nobody is exempt to that. Someday, every single one of us is going to die unless Jesus comes back first. But after that, after we've died, the judgment. Uh, 
And the book of Revelation talks about the judgment. It, there's actually two of them. There's the great white throne judgment, and we can find that in Revelation chapter 20, uh, verse 11. He says, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, and from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no place found for them. In verse 12, it says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened. There's two books. There's books and another book, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. You know, verse 11 we just read talks about the great white throne, but verse 12 is what I want to talk about a little bit tonight, where it says another book was opened. Uh, that is the Lamb's book of life. That's where I hope your names are recorded. And, uh, you know, that's a good question to ask yourself. Is my name written in the Lamb's book of life? Because if it's not, uh, that's not a good thing. And that's, we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. But if we skip on down in Revelation 20 to verse 15, it says, Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Uh, that word whosoever ought to be uh, pretty familiar to you. We say it every week at the end of every service. In Romans 10, 13, it says, Whosoever shall call, call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, and I share that every week on purpose. But back to Revelations 20 and verse 15, you know, it works both ways. Whosoever does not call upon the name of the Lord will not be saved. It says they will be cast into the lake of fire. Uh, you know, like I keep saying, one, one day all of us will either die or Jesus will come back. But one day all of this is going to be done. And uh, that's exactly what it says in Revelation 21, verses 6 through 8. It says, And he said unto me, It is done. So one day this is going to be finished. That's Jesus. He says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst the fountain of the water of life freely. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit tonight too. The word freely. And if we skip on over to Revelation 21 and verse 27, it says, And there shall in no wise enter into it, and he's talking about the new Jerusalem, the new city of God that he built for his saints, or paradise, or heaven, or whatever you want to call it. It says, There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defiles, neither whatsoever works abomination or makes a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. It's very important whether or not your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And uh, I know I keep bringing it up, but Hebrews 9.27 says, It's appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment, that is unavoidable. And uh, there's only two ways to go, you know. You're either in this set of books or you're in the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, and only you know which one you're in. So... I know that's a very sobering thought, but which which book are you in? Uh, I love this verse, Hebrews 9:28 in the NLT version. It says, "So also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, but this time he's not 
not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. So he's coming again, but not to judge us for our sins. You know, if we have come to Christ, we don't go before the great white throne. But he's coming again to bring us to salvation that he promised us, uh, to those that are eagerly awaiting for him. You know, are you eagerly waiting for him, or are you dreading standing before God? I tell you almost every week, nobody knows your heart, nobody knows your relationship with Jesus Christ except you. And, uh, you know, nobody else can make that decision for you. But you can, if you've not already made that decision, you can decide today which book you're in. You don't have to be in the bad book. You don't have to go before the great white throne. God loves us so much that he gives us the opportunity to come to him, and he gives us salvation freely. Uh, there's a question that's been popping up all week, too. It wasn't just that verse, uh, Hebrews 9:27. But almost everywhere I've been this week, this has been popping up too. <coughs> and I couldn't believe it last night. I came to celebrate restoration, and it was actually the focus question for small groups. And the question is, why are you here? And uh, it was kind of funny last night. One of the guys said, you mean here on earth or here tonight? And uh, that was funny last night. But the real answer for that is yes, it's both. You know, what are we doing here on earth and what are we doing here tonight? Uh, before God ever even created the earth, he created a plan of redemption for us because he, he knew that sin was coming and he knew what it was going to do to mankind. Uh, Paul talks about that in Ephesians chapter 1. Before sin ever hit the streets, God already had a plan in place to save us from it, but it's our choice. In Ephesians 1, uh, verses 3 through 7, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. So before sin ever got here, before we were ever formed in our mother's womb, before any of that, God had a redemption plan for us. Uh, but I tell you, every, every week we have to make that choice. God don't force us to receive salvation. He don't force us to receive anything. We have to make a choice. And there's only two choices, life and death. It's all through the Bible. You can find it from one end to the other. We have a choice. God offers us life, or we can follow our own ways, which leads to death. So back to that question, which... Which book are you in? You know, God made a way for us long before we were ever born, but we have to choose it. And it is free, but we still have to choose it. Uh, we just read in verse 7 of Ephesians 1 <coughs> that we have redemption through his blood. We have forgiveness of sins. 
And uh, according to the riches of his grace, we have salvation, but we have to choose it. And uh, the Bible, like I said, is full of verses where God gives us salvation freely. It's free to us. It wasn't free for God. God had to give his only son for it. And Jesus had to give his life for it as a perfect sacrifice. But he offers it to us freely, but we still have to receive it. It blows my mind that it's free. And I, I say it all the time. I believe if salvation cost something, it wouldn't, know, it wouldn't matter what the price was. People would come up with the money. They would put forth the effort just so they could say they bought it. I think a lot of people don't receive the free gift of salvation from God because it's free. And uh, I think they simply don't believe it because it's free. But uh, like I said, the Bible's full of verses that say it's free. Uh, Revelations 21, 6. It said, we just read that. It says, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. Uh, and it's a gift. Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. But we have to choose it. Not only choose it, we have to receive it. Uh, I'll show you what I mean by that. I saw something this week, and I just couldn't get it out of my head. I attended a service uh, at a different church this week. And at the end of that service, the pastor said, you know, I want to pray for all you guys. And uh, it was a really good service. He said, I want to pray that God will send you what you need. And he said, I want you to do this as a gesture that you're willing to receive what God has for you. He, you know, he said, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and put your hands together like this, like you're going to receive something from God. And, uh, you know, kind of humble yourself and get in a position to receive from God. And I started hearing a bunch of rustling and, and noises. So I opened my eyes and looked around to see, you know, kind of what was going on. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You know, almost nobody at that service was bowing their heads or closing their eyes. As a matter of fact, when he said that, a lot of them got up and walked out and uh, just left the service. And then the ones that were still in there, some of them actually took their hands and shoved them in their pockets and just staring at the preacher, you know, like they were just in defiance of what he said. Like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to bow my head. I'm not going to put my hands out. It's, you know, we've been talking about enmity for the last few weeks, opposing God, and that's exactly what they were doing. And I couldn't believe it. You know, if I hadn't been there myself and somebody told me about it, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have believed that. And, uh, you know, that was the question that was running through my mind. Why are you here? You know, why would you even show up to a church service? Uh, you know, if all, all you have in your heart is to reject God, to reject the one that gave his life for you, to reject receiving anything from God, you know? And in that moment, you know, I had never been so proud of my church and my church family as I was right then. You know, I think sometimes we take for granted the people that are around us, the people that we we serve God with and worship God with and do life with. We take for granted that they love the Lord. And uh, we've got a church full of people that love the Lord. And sometimes I think it takes us being around <coughs> a bunch of people that are not surrendered to God, that are not thankful 
to our Savior to realize, you know, how much in love you people are with God. You know, I was thinking about y'all while I was sitting there. I was like, man, we really do love God at our church. That made me a, that made me really proud of being a part of this church. You know, that makes me, that makes this church a place that I long to be when I'm not here. And it makes me want to give my all when I am here. You know, don't take for granted the family of God that God has placed you in. Because it's not like that everywhere. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's very rare. You know, I've been to a lot of churches, and I've never been in a church that had the amount of love that I, I find here. I've never felt the genuine love of God any more anywhere else than I do here with the people, you know, that God has put together here. And that reminded me of this verse in Psalm 133. In verse 1, it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen to that. So uh, back to that question, why are you here? And uh, I just told you why you're here on this earth, and that is to make a decision for Christ or against Christ. You know, this is where we uh, make the choice where we're going to spend eternity. Uh, We're not on this earth just to get rich or to make a name for ourselves but to decide where are we going to spend eternity. You know, which book are we going to be in, the Lamb's Book of Life or the other one? Uh, And if you do get rich while you're here, that's great. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But make sure where you're going first, and then worry about your riches and stuff like that. But uh, why are you here tonight? You know, why are you here at 745 McGuire Road on Wednesday the 23rd of August 2023 Uh, because God has a plan and you're in it you know whether we want to admit it or not none of us planned our life to wind up here this Wednesday today God does have a plan for everybody's life and my life went the way it went yours has went the way yours went and we all wound up here tonight together and uh, like I said because God has a plan and you're in it He's got a plan for every one of us. But just like we have to choose and receive salvation, we also have to choose and receive and follow God's plan. Just because God has a plan don't mean we're going to follow it. But he does have a plan for us while we're here. Uh, If your name is not in the Lamb's Book of Life, I hope that's why you're here tonight, to get that settled, you know, to finally get that decision made in your heart and uh, finally get some peace about it. I know for a fact I've given my life to Christ, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. So if you're not in the book, I hope that's why you're here. But if your name is in the book of life, I hope you're here to freely give. You know, God, he didn't create us to get, get, get. God created us to give. Uh, That was part of the definition of fellowship we went over last week. We're supposed to give Christ, share Christ, you know, be Christ-like. Uh, when Jesus sent out his 12 disciples out two by two to preach, you know, he told them in Matthew 10 and verse 8, at the end of that verse, he says, freely you have received, freely give. And he tells us the same thing. You know, freely you have received, freely give. He was telling me and he was telling you that all the things that I've done for you do for other people. 
You know, I've forgiven you. Forgive other people. I love you. Love for other people. I provide for you. If you can help somebody by providing something for them, you know, whatever I've done for you, be willing to do it for others. And everything that you've learned from me, be willing to teach it to others, to share what you know about Christ with other people. You know, you didn't know anything about Christ until somebody told you. I didn't know anything about Jesus until somebody told me. You know, help them understand how to read your Bible or, or something. Jesus has done something for you, and he expects us to do the same in return to other people. And he says, just like I've shown you how much God loves you, go show others how much God loves them. You know, tell them about the love of the Father and not just the law. You know, in the southern, we call it the Bible Belt, you know, the area that we live in, that's what you hear preached a lot, is just the law. Not the love of God, not, you know, a Savior. So tell them the truth about God. Tell them about the love of God. Tell them about the forgiveness of sins and not just judgment. Uh, judgment is for unbelievers who are rejecting salvation. And people need to know that. They think, no matter what, I've got judgment coming. And that's not the truth. We need to tell them that's for unbelievers who reject salvation. So therefore, we need to... Uh, Help them to understand what salvation is so they don't have to live in fear of the judgment. Christ did that for us. We should be willing to do that for other people so they can be one of those who are eagerly awaiting his return and not sitting around dreading judgment day. You know, we're all here for different reasons. Uh, some might be here because somebody made you come. You know, I heard it this week. I just came to get you off my back, you know. I heard that yesterday, and some that might be the reason you're here, but that could still be in God's plan. <laughs> Maybe somebody's been on your back to get you in here so the Holy Spirit can work on you. God still has a plan for you, even those people I was talking about with their hands in their pockets. God has a plan for them, too, and uh, maybe they, they've never experienced the love of God. Maybe he puts you in their presence to show them the love of God. Uh, some might be here because they're lonely. And just want to be around somebody. That could be in God's plan too. That is in God's plan. To remind you that you're not alone. That you are part of a family. And God loves you. And his people love you. And you don't have to go through life alone. Uh, maybe you're here to learn more about God. And mature in your faith. And that is definitely in God's plan. You know maybe you're here to serve God. And serve his people. To be an active part of the body of Christ. You know, there's a million different reasons we could be here. Uh, but we should all be here for the same purpose. And uh, this is what God calls us to do, to humble ourselves in reverence to God, like that pastor was trying to do the other day. <clears throat> you know, with our hands held out to receive what God has for us. And then after we've received it, stretch our hands out and freely give it away to somebody else. You know, we should all show up for the same purpose, no matter why we came. Uh, and we should all be here for the same purpose. And we talked about that last week. Fellowship, to agree with God and to partner with God and to learn about Christ and to share Christ with the lost and to share the love of God with one another. Uh, so don't be one of those people with your hands in your pockets unwilling to receive what God has for you, unwilling to bow in reverence to God. Uh, the enemy is really deceitful. 
You know, he'll make you think God is trying to hold back from you. And that's what the whole world thinks. God is trying to steal my joy. He's trying to keep me from having fun. He's trying to keep me from doing all these things that I want to do. He's trying to keep me from enjoying life and uh, trying to destroy all our good times. You know, the Bible does talk about somebody that's out to steal and kill and destroy, destroy, but it ain't God. It's not Jesus. That is our enemy. That's the devil. And that's what Jesus says in John 10, verse 10. He said, The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So Jesus came to give you life. He didn't come to take it away from you. He didn't come to steal anything from you or keep you from having fun. You know, he came to give you life. It's the enemy that's trying to steal from you and to kill you and ultimately to destroy you. And if he can keep you distracted from following Christ, then that's exactly what he will do. Uh, I think some of us, you know, are questioning, why are you here? I think some of us are here just out of habit. And I think there's a lot of that, especially in America. You don't see it in most other countries. If people are at church, they're there on purpose for a purpose because they'd get killed if they got caught going. But I think here in America, a lot of us just get on the, get in the habit of going to church, and it, it grows cold, and it don't have anything to do with God or serving God or salvation or sharing Jesus with anybody else. We get our focus on religion and not a relationship with God. We form a church habit so that we look good socially. You know, I know a lot of churches that wouldn't accept a lot of people that go to church here. And that just ain't right. That has nothing to do with God. But it's become a religion, you know, to look godly and not be godly. You know, so they can say, oh yeah, he's a good guy or she's a good woman. They go to church. But we got to remember, you know, we started tonight with Hebrews 9.27. It's appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. So which book are you in? You know, a habit is not going to get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know, looking good socially is not going to get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. It don't do you a bit of good on Judgment Day. Only one thing is going to do you some good on Judgment Day, and that is Jesus Christ and your name written in that book. Uh, on the Day of Judgment, God's not concerned about what your social status was. The only thing that's going to matter on that day is this, is Jesus your Lord or not? And is your name in the book or not? Uh, the thief on the cross, I'm sure all of you have heard of him. We'll read that here in a second. But he didn't have any social status. He had no money, no cars, no land, no material possessions at all. But he had a Lord, and he cried out to him. And that was worth more than anything you can find on this planet. Uh, in Luke chapter 23, verses 42 and 43, we can read about that. And this is the thief on the cross crying out to Jesus. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today you shall be with me in paradise. You know, he didn't have anything to impress Jesus with. He didn't get baptized. He didn't do any of those things. He didn't teach a small group. 
but he recognized Jesus as Lord and he believed <coughs> he believed that Jesus was who he said he was and he believed in him and that's all you need too you don't need all these other things but if you don't have that it really don't matter what else you have it's not going to do you any good uh, Matthew chapter 16 in verse 26 Jesus says for what is it what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There's nothing you can give in exchange for your soul. The only way you get that is to receive the free gift that God has given us. Uh, you know, we're talking about the thief on the cross. He didn't have anything, but he had a Lord. And that's all you need. You know, how about your family? You know, how about your spouse? Does your wife have Jesus as her Lord? You know, if you work your life away to buy her nice things, but she don't have a Lord, that's not going to help her on Judgment Day. Remember Hebrews 9.27, we're appointed to die. You know, what about your children? If you buy them anything they want, give them the nicest home they could possibly have, but if they don't have a Lord, if they don't have Jesus, if their name is <clears throat> not written in the Lamb's book of life, then they have nothing, you know. You or your spouse or your children or your friends have nothing if we don't have Jesus Christ. Uh, no matter what you buy or how much you buy, if you don't have Jesus, you know, we have no hope. You can't find hope in anything else but Him. So, you know, I'll ask that question again. Why? Why are you here? You know, I can't stress that enough. I know I'm not the most popular preacher. I'm not even a good speaker, and I know I'm not. I'm probably boring to sit here and listen to because I just stand in one spot and preach. But uh, I tell you the truth, and I can't stress the truth enough because I don't want to stand before God guilty of having the opportunity to tell you the truth that'll save your soul and not tell you out of fear of what you might think about me. You know, I don't care if you think I'm boring. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I don't care, <coughs> you know, what you say about me. The truth is, if you don't have Jesus as your Lord, then your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I want, I want all of you to have that. You know, I love all of you. So I'm not going to stand up here and, and pat you on the back and tell you it's okay. Because if you don't have him, it's not okay. And uh, I not only won't do that, I can't do that. And say that I love God and say that I love you. Because if I love you, I'll tell you the truth. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. And whoever is not written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's what it says in Revelation 20 and verse 15. Again, I don't want that to happen to any of you, ever. You know? So ask, you, ask yourself this question. Are your hands in your pockets? Or are they open and ready to receive? <coughs> you know, what God has for you. I can tell you that whatever's in your pocket that you got your hand on that you won't turn loose of so you can take what God has for you, it's not worth it. You know, whatever you're holding on to is not worth it. Let it go. 
I've told you before that no matter what it is, it's not worth standing before Jesus one day and saying, I chose this over you. Because that's exactly what we're doing. If I would rather have this thing in the world, or if I would rather live this kind of a lifestyle that I know is not acceptable, if I would rather have this, it don't matter what it is, anything I choose over God, over salvation that He has offered, one day I will stand before Jesus and say, I chose this over you. And He's going to say, depart from me, I never <coughs> knew you. And I tell you all the time, I don't ever want any of y'all to hear that. I don't want to hear that. And if you do hear that, it's not because you haven't heard the truth. So why are you here? You know, uh, I tell you all the time that God is not mocked. He knows why you're here. He knows why I'm here. He knows why every single one of us are here. Uh, we can't fool him. We can fool the we can fool our social friends. We can fool the public. We can fool everybody else, but we cannot fool God. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. It says, Be not deceived. And uh, who's being deceived? Me, if I'm deceiving myself. But God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That's not a bad verse. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. If I go my own way and make that choice, I will uh, sow corruption and it will lead to death. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Nobody ever preaches the positive side of that verse. Do what God asks. Sow some good stuff and look forward to your future. You know, there are no bad consequences following God, being obedient to God. But we do reap what we sow. So let's pay attention to what we're sowing. You know, get our hands out of our pockets and let God give us stuff to sow. And look forward to the harvest. You know, I said earlier that we're all here for many different reasons. And uh, we talked about that last night, too. You know, there's a lot of different reasons you can come, and you need to be here for those reasons that are not serving God, that are not doing any of those things. Uh, God's Word says the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runs into it and are safe. You know, every day that reason that you come here can change. Our circumstances are different all the time. I remember uh, just a few years ago, you know, why was I here? Because I needed a safe place to be so I could stay sober. Because if I didn't show up here, I knew where I'd show up. I'd show up at the liquor store. <coughs> so I can remember the days, you know, I was here because I needed to be here. I needed a safe place to be. I knew as long as I'm here tonight, as long as I'm at CR tonight, I won't be drunk tonight. <coughs> I needed a safe place to protect me from myself. And uh, so every time you come, it's probably different. Some days I'm here to serve. Some days I'm here to give. Some days I'm here because I need to receive. Uh, you know, maybe you're here because you need a safe place to escape an abusive relationship you're in. Maybe this is the only break you get. Uh, maybe you're here on Wednesday night because you're hungry and you just need something to eat. <clears throat> uh, 
Or maybe you're here on a Tuesday night because your life has become unmanageable. And you're ready to admit that. You're ready to get some help and surrender, whatever that is. You know, maybe you're here on Monday night for grief class because the grief is more than you can bear it. And you just need a little bit of hope to get you through the night. Or maybe you're here and just want to hear another voice other than your own because you live by yourself. You know, all those are real reasons to be here. And there's many reasons to be here. I can't name them all. I don't know them all. But we should all be here for the same purpose. Like I said, the fellowship with God and his people. We should all come in the same way with our hands held out to receive what God has for us. So let's get our hands out of our pockets, church. And uh, like that pastor said this week, you know, let's bow our heads in reverence to God. Let's humble ourselves before God and let him love us. Let him love through us. I want to close with this verse out of James 4.10. It says, if we will humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he will lift us up. You know, it don't matter what you're going through, and it don't matter why you are here. There's a million different reasons could be why you are here. But while you're here, you know, humble yourself before God and receive what he has for you. You know, don't come in here prideful and uh at enmity with God and opposing Him. Come in here humble. Take what He gives you. Make the changes that He asks you to make. He wants to give you a good life. He has a good plan for you. The enemy is the one that has the bad plan for you. He's the one that wants to keep you from being here. He's the one that wants to steal your life. God don't want to do anything but lead you in the right direction and give you good advice. But uh, it all starts with Jesus. And I always tell you at the end of every service, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have the Holy Spirit, and you don't have what it takes to live a godly life. You don't have what it takes to to go through all the bad things in life. Without Him, all we have are coping mechanisms that tear our life apart. You know, we yell at each other, or we turn to alcohol or drugs or any other kind of thing, ungodly behavior. But with the Holy Spirit, God will show you how to get through the same situations without sinning. It says Jesus Christ was tempted in every way that we were, yet without sin. Uh, God will help you through things and help you do it in a godly way, but you have to have the Holy Spirit. But if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, I invite you to do that tonight. Uh, and it's really simple. If you know you need a Savior, and you know you're a sinner, and you know Christ died for you on the cross, just cry out to God and say, I need help. And he will meet you right there. Just like the thief on the cross. That was short and simple. Lord, remember me. But he meant it in his heart. He meant you are Lord, and I need you. And it would be that simple for you too. If you need God, just cry out to him. But I'll share some scripture with you if you, if you need scripture to write down and, and look at it. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If today is the day that you have uh, chosen to give your life to Christ, 
tell somebody about it. It says, when you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. You receive your salvation. And you can become one of those that eagerly await his return and stop dreading judgment day because your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And I just read to you straight out of God's word that if your name is in that book, the Bible says no man can snatch you out of his hand. And you don't have to fear death anymore. You don't have to fear the judgment day anymore. Because you won't face any of that. When you close your eyes here, you will open them at the very same time in the presence of Jesus Christ. And don't let nobody tell you you've been too bad of a sinner to be saved. Uh, Romans 10, 13, there's that whosoever again. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But remember that verse we read in Revelation a while ago. Whosoever does not call upon the name of the Lord will be thrown into the lake of fire. I'm not trying to scare you into heaven. I just want you to be aware of a choice that you have to make. It's your choice. You know, you can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved, or you cannot do that. And uh, God never sent anybody to hell. We choose our own fate. But uh, Romans 5 and verse 8, it says, God showed his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So there's nobody too far gone. There's nobody committed a sin so bad that God won't save us. He knew we were sinners. Just like we talked about at the first of the message. He knew that was coming before we were ever born. Before he ever created mankind, he made a plan to save us from sin. So it don't matter what you've done. Cry out to God and he will save you right where you're at. But uh, I hope this message helped somebody tonight. And uh, maybe you didn't know you had your hands in your pockets. Maybe you didn't know you were refusing to hear what God is trying to say to you. If God is speaking to your heart, he's trying to do something that's good for you, not bad for you. He wants good things for you. He wants good things for me. He wants good things for all of us. God loves us. And uh, we should love each other. But thank you all again for coming out. I will pray for us, and we will be dismissed. And I'll see you next week. Father, thank you again for that message. Lord, it, uh, it really sunk into my heart. And Lord, I just pray that you would forgive us when we do come in here prideful, Lord, with our hands in our pockets, unwilling to do it your way, unwilling to receive what it is you have for us. And God, I pray that you would help us to be aware of that this week and to, to examine ourselves, Father, and be willing to listen to you and make the changes you ask us to make so that we can live lives that lead people to you and bring glory to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.